passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm battling a few things this morning. I'm battling the landscapers outside. You can't hear anything right now because they stopped. They paused. I'm going to end up pausing this recording multiple times while <laughs> during this podcast. So I'm going to be recording while their machines and stuff aren't on. I think you can tell that I'm a, I'm a new homeowner or relatively new homeowner for the last couple of years because I call their stuff machines. Okay. Anyway, I also have internet issues. I don't have any internet right now. This, this seems to be an outage in New Jersey, like the whole state, apparently, according to Twitter. So... I'm going to record this in my office, and then I'm going to go to the coffee shop and upload it. Dedication. <laughs> I need the internet. We, our lives are run through the internet, so I'm going to make it happen. But anyway, that's not why you're here. You're here for the waiver wire pickups. Going to go over all the waiver wire pickups, the mustaches, the, uh, the, the must pickups, the streams of the week, all of that. I don't even have streams of the week. I don't know what I'm talking about. This whole situation got me all flustered. Um, streams of the week. Who does that? I think that's... Is that fantasy footballers? Is that is that who does that? I, I, I don't even know. Anyway, moving on. Let's, let's, let's do this. All right, so... Uh, interesting game last night. Justin Fields looking like... Uh, you know, he, he's starting to belong a little bit, right? He, he, you can kind of see his his progression and his improvements uh, every single week. And, and once he figures it out, man, he's going to be... He's going to be something special. For sure. Um, so a few guys that are, are must pickups, um, you know, and and Devin Singletary is somebody who, who you know usually won't make this list, but I just wanted to mention him because you know he is over fifty percent rostered, and all of the guys that I'm going to be talking about are you know fifty percent around fifty percent or lower. Uh, I think Singletary is around like sixty five percent in most platforms, but you know I checked to see if Singletary is rostered in your league. Um, Zach Moss left the game with a concussion. Uh, so if he's unavailable this week, Singletary would probably get, um, you know, 70% of snaps or so. Matt Breida will be active. He could potentially mess things up for Singletary. But I take the shot uh, at Singletary getting, you know, 15 to 20 opportunities on a good offense. You know, a large part of that can come in the pa- in the past game, and we've seen that before, where you know Singletary can potentially get five six targets for you, and you know that that that's huge right there. Um, so I, and I'll probably put down like ten percent of Fab or so since, since it's more of a one week, one one game rental, um, you know if that right. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is a must pickup for me. I got a few must pickups this week. He's one of them. Uh, he's probably my number one pickup this week. Um, two straight games as a full time wide receiver under his belt. Finally, um, he he has some newly 
you know, regained opportunity, right? And, and with that opportunity came production. Um, he had eight targets that accounted for 21% target share. The, the, but like the good thing is that there is a tight distribution, you know, between him, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, right? That's what you want to see, right? If you have like three studs, you're kind of like, you, you want to concentrate the targets to those studs. And that's kind of what we saw um, over the past few weeks. So that's good. He can be a wide receiver. Well, not a few weeks, but, you know, George Kittle just, just came in. Uh, but it, it was concentrated between Debo Samuel uh, and Ayuk in week eight. So that's good to see. Now, he can be a wide receiver three for you moving forward. Obviously, you kind of have to temper expectations because, you know, the season was almost a lost season for him. Now he's finally, you know, getting that opportunity. Uh, but he can be a wide receiver three for you. Um, and, you know, if this continues, if this type of opportunity continues, he could be a wide receiver two for you because of the talent that he he, he, he brings. Um, so I'm willing to spend about 20% of my fab on him um, if he's available in my league and I'm in need of a wide receiver. Uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, his breakout game is coming. Um, you know, he might have sur- surpassed Sammy Watkins on the depth chart with his play. Uh, Bateman ran around on 81% of dropbacks in week nine. Um, that's that's great. Uh, only Marquise Brown had more. He had eight targets. The target distribution has been tight also in this situation between him, Hollywood, and Mark Andrews over the last few weeks. 21% target share for Bateman in this game. Um, his route participation you know, was already moving up a good amount before the buy. So it looks like he's here to stay. Um, so I'm picking him up. I'm willing to spend about 15% of fab on him. Um, Elijah Moore, man, only took nine weeks, but he finally broke out. Um, I do think the concussion earlier in the season stopped that momentum he had because he was on his way. Like that game, you know, when he had the concussion, he got like, you know, several targets super quick right out the gate um, from Zach Wilson. So the hope is that he could, you know, he could do this, whether it's Mike White, whether it's Josh Johnson, whether it's Zach Wilson behind center. Uh, He's talented. You know, he did see a welcomed, you know, increase in route participation on Thursday night. And the hope is that, you know, Corey Davis's return doesn't hinder that. I don't think it will uh, because, you know, he's he's been he's been doing his thing on a per target basis. You know, with his opportunity, he's been playing very well. So, you know, I'm willing to, you know, spend about 15 percent of fab for Elijah Moore, you know, maybe a little bit more if, if, if you need a wide receiver and the other two guys aren't available. Um but yeah, I mean, a tough matchup, obviously, this week against the Bills, you know, the unknown of Corey Davis and how that affects his snaps, you know, you kind of want to grab him, you know, put him on your bench, you can, you know, feel free to start him, you know, he'll probably be, for me, he's an upside flex option this week, um, but that's because of the matchup and because of the unknown in playing time. Uh, moving on to the running back pickups, um, I think the Patriots running backs can potentially be a must pickup depending on how it plays out. Okay, both Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris potentially have suffered concussions in Week Nine. We we don't know for sure. Um, you know, we we have no word on that just yet. Um, th- there's a chance one or both of them miss next week's game against the Browns with a concussion. So if Stevenson misses, Harris gets his old rollback. Right, we kind of know what that looks like between Harris and. Um, uh, Bolden, right? Brandon Bolden. If now, if Harris misses, right, Stevenson would have a higher upside than Harris because of the added element of a role in the receiving game, right? So, in in that case, I think Bolden would be a flex play. Now, um, and I would spend around ten percent um, on Stevenson for that one week rental. Now, if both miss, I think Bolden would be an upside RB two, and would get an upgrade in PPR formats. So, I would spend about ten percent on Bolden for that one week play. Now, we won't know who's progressing through the p- protocol. Like, 
you know, until waivers run most likely. Um, I think the safest bet, if you need to put in a claim and you don't know whether both these guys have a concussion, you obviously won't know how they're progressing through the concussion protocol, who will actually miss a game. We we just probably, we won't know that by the time waivers run. So I think that the safest bet is grabbing Bolden. Um, you know, if we have no idea and the chances, chances are that you're going to get him for cheap now because you won't really, because we won't know, you know, if these guys are out or not, right? Like if, they, if we know they're out for sure, then obviously these guys would get, you know, a lot of fab dollars, you know, behind them on, you know, for bids, but that probably won't be the case. Um, I would check to see if JD McKissick is rostered, um, you know, in your league, he's over 50% rostered. Um, but you know, I would check. Jared Patterson obviously emerged into the rotation in Washington before the bye, but you know who knows how Washington handles the Antonio Gibson shin injury moving forward. They obviously have some time to think about it over the bye. Um, now, if they decide that McKissick is their best option to get the majority of snaps moving forward, he has a lot of upside. So I'm, I'll, I'm willing to spend 10 to 15% of fab if McKissick is available. Uh, Naheem Hines, he's also over 50% rostered. I checked to see if Hines is available in your league. He gets a bump in PPR leagues. Uh, Marlon Mack was inactive last week, and if that continues, Hines will, might be able to give you a solid PPR uh, flex value with upside, right? I, who knows if Mack continues to be inactive? I don't know. Um, but a lot of Hines' production this past week came from Jonathan Taylor leaving briefly uh, with an injury, so don't expect consistency from Hines, um, but you know there is a potential for him to, to get uh, several targets per game um, if Mack is out. Uh, Devontae Freeman, um, he played on 58% of snaps in week nine, and that has only been going up. Uh, in week five, he played 26% of snaps. Week six was 30%. Week seven was 41%, and week eight was 58%. So, yes, you know, no Latavius Murray, uh, but I'll argue that Freeman might have won the job as their RB1 or as their, you know, you know 1A, right? Um, he's given them 5.7 yards per carry since joining. Uh, Murray is at 3.59. Um, Freeman's at 7.9 yards per reception while Murray's at 6.25. I don't think Murray gets elevated back to the 1A of this backfield if he's back this week, but, you know, I could be wrong. Who knows, right? We've seen some weird things happen with this backfield, but I can understand avoiding this backfield, but Freeman might make decent depth. He has scored in the last three games. Um, You know, Miami and Chicago are two pretty good matchups for Freeman over the next two weeks. Uh, Le'Veon Bell saw only two less carries than Freeman this past week, but he did play on only 23% of snaps. So if Freeman's out there, you know, I'm willing to bet about 15% or so, you know, maybe, you know, we see a little bit of, you know, of a poor man's Dobbins and Gus Edwards situation right here. You know what I mean? Um, All right, Mark Ingram has seen a good amount of play over his first two weeks back with the Saints. He saw 34% of snaps in week nine, uh, but nine carries and five targets, that's not too shabby, right? You probably won't play him unless you're desperate if this continues to be his usage, but he's a solid handcuff for Kamara as well, right? And there's also the chance that the usage continues to trend up a little bit more, you know, like it has, you know, from week eight to week nine. So, you know, the you know you look at the old Ingram Kamara days, you could have the poor man's version of that. Right. Um, obviously, without Drew Brees, the offense is obviously you know it's taking a hit for sure. But something to point out. Um, I'm willing to spend about three to five percent of that on Ingram. So Jordan Howard was the Eagles' flavor of the week at running back in Week Nine. Uh, Boston Scott outsnapped him, but Howard outcarried him 17 to 10. Um, the Eagles, you know, went up against Detroit and the Chargers, two teams you can run on, right? 
you know, and, and those are two teams that teams usually run on because you know, specifically the Chargers, like their their secondary is really good. So like teams just choose to run on them, and that's what the Eagles did before this matchup. I said if they're smart, that's what they do, and that's what they did. So this week they go up against Denver. Now it's not a straightforward here, right? But if you need a running back this week, you know, obviously it's slim pickums on the on the waiver wire. If Howard is available, you know, I think he'll be a desperate flex option with a chance of volume, with a chance of a touchdown. So I can totally understand chasing that. So I'm willing to spend like three to five percent on Howard, depending on what you need. Uh, Deontay Foreman, uh, between Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman, I think Foreman looked like the better back on Monday night. Um, no, I'm sorry, that was Sunday night, right? Uh, Peterson deserves the respect, uh, the the due diligence, the first crack of the job, all that. But it's very possible that Foreman steals the early down roll from Peterson at some point. Um, he he looks good, you know, for somebody who you know didn't play football in a while. Uh, Alice Collins might lead the Seahawks committee backfield this week if Chris Carson can't go. Carson, you know, has will reportedly practice try to practice this week, but there's also the possibility that he shut down for the season at some point with that neck injury. So I'm willing to spend 10 to 15 percent uh, of Fab on Alice Collins if he was dropped during the bye or whatever. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect too much upside from Collins, but he could potentially be like a, a you know a borderline RB two flex play for you m- most weeks. Uh, Sony Michelle, uh, Daryl Henderson, you know, <laughs> he seems to get banged up in every other game, and it makes me nervous as a Henderson manager. So, uh, just want to point out that Michelle would be a three-down handcuff to Henderson in the event that he has an injury. So, I'm willing to spend three to five percent of of Fab on Sony Michelle to keep him at the end of my bench. Uh, Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward. Um, so Chase Edmonds is out with a high ankle sprain for like a, probably a month or so, maybe more. Um, now, now the third running back on the depth chart becomes more valuable, right? It's hard to say right now who that will be, especially because Ward has been hurt. But I think Benjamin is my pick at this point, if I had to guess. So I, I doubt you have to spend much to get him, uh, but I'm willing to spend you know one to two percent on Eno Benjamin. Um, now there's a chance that you know. Like I said, that Foreman Bell, or the poor man's Dobbins Edwards. So, so maybe you know they choose to to put Le'Veon Bell in and and get like thirteen to fifteen touches a game, depending on if they like to go back towards a you know some sort of a um, a run centric scheme. It doesn't look like that's the case right now. Um, but listen, Bell looked good this past week, right? He looked better. There's no doubt. Um, but you know, there's no chance of trying to figure out this backfield out right now. That Tavius Murray might come back in. He, they might insert him back in front of Bell. Who knows? Um, but if you need it back, you know, 2 to 3% on Bell, I, I can understand it. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, Donovan, obviously, you know, the must pickups at the beginning, those guys take precedent. Uh, but next up, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he was identified before this week as a potential, you know, winner as a result of the OBJ release. Uh, he only saw three targets in this game, but the Browns hardly threw the ball. It still accounted for 18% target share. <laughs> um, in his last three games, six targets, five catches, 70 yards, five uh, five targets, four catches, 101 yards, and, a t- and two touchdowns. And then this last game, three targets, two catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. In weeks five and six, before he got hurt, he ran around on nearly 80% of dropbacks. Um, I think Landry will likely out-target him. Uh, most games, but he's going to benefit uh, from the deeper play action passes. Less targets, you know, more valuable targets, um, a, a bit better than boom bust, I would say. So, 8 to 10% of fab for Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup has been on this list for a few weeks now. He is expected to play this week. He, he would start as a flex play, but he can work his way into an every week wide receiver three potentially for you. Uh, 8 to 10% of fab for Michael Gallup for me. 
Uh, Alan Lazard hasn't played with Aaron Rodgers since week seven, but he's been a full-time receiver since. Um, 90% of routes in week seven with Rodgers. He went uh, five for 60 with a touchdown. Uh, no Lazard in week eight, no Rodgers in week nine. But in week nine, Lazard did run around on 90% of dropbacks. He did catch a touchdown. So, you know, I took a shot on Lazard as Rodgers wide receiver too. We saw him kind of, you know, be fantasy relevant before he had that, that core injury last year, right? So keep that in mind. So I'm willing to spend about 5% of fab on Lazard. Van Jefferson, you know, he's seen at least six targets in each of the last three games. Uh, he's the primary deep threat for the Rams for a great offense. And I think his floor is a bit safer now, uh, you know, if he's going to continue to get six to seven targets per game, opposed to the three to four we were seeing through the first six, game, six games of the season. I think he would be like an upside flex moving forward. Um, his matchup next week is fine against San Francisco, but he has a bye in week 11, so keep that in mind. Uh, 5% of fab or so on Van Jefferson. Uh, Russell Gage had that goose egg in week 8, but he had decent you know, PPR weeks in week 7 and week 9. Um, Gage can potentially have a decent week this week if Dallas goes up big. I doubt Trevon Diggs shadows Gage. Like I don't, I don't know if he's shadow worthy. Um, I doubt Gage is dependable moving forward, like even in Calvin Ridley's absence. But I think you can start him out of desperation as a PPR flex. So the Raiders have had a deep threat wide receiver for a couple of years now, and I think Deshaun Jackson is, is 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 there and signed with them to fill that void left by guys like Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I think he's still got it, man. Um, he can still separate deep, and if you're looking for a boom bust flex, he's your guy. Uh, Tim Patrick, he's seen a, a, he's seen five or less targets each of the last three weeks. Um, he had a good game this past week, and he'll have his games, but it's not going to be consistent, you know. Um, I think he's like a deep league flex option with Jerry Judy back. Keep in mind he has a tough matchup against Philly this week, a bye, and then a tough matchup against the Chargers. So not too exciting for me. If you desperately need a wide receiver, I get it. Uh, Jamal Agnew got as many targets as Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault this past week. He seems to be Trevor Lawrence's like favorite target right now on a per-route basis. Um, against Indy next week, this passing game can be opened up a bit compared to Sunday. Um, you know, this past Sunday against the Bills. So there is a possibility that Agnew kind of, you know, does his thing. Uh, moving on to tight ends. Um, Logan Thomas and Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, Logan Thomas is eligible to come off of IR this week, but there's no official word. Um, if he doesn't, Ricky Seals-Jones would be the plug-and-play in his place. Uh, Tampa Bay is a good matchup for tight ends. Dan Arnold ran around on 75% of of snaps in three of the last four weeks. Um, I'm sorry, 75% of dropbacks. So in those three weeks um, that he ran 75% of routes on, he's had seven plus targets for 60 plus yards. So it seems like he's going to give you a solid floor most weeks. Great matchup against the Colts this week. Pat Frymuth, great game last night. Consistent targets over the last three weeks. He's starting to morph into one of Ben's favorite targets. Uh, he's also caught at least one touchdown each of the last two weeks after catching two touchdowns on Monday Night Football. Um, keep in mind that Eric Ebron might come back soon. Uh, but, you know, Pat Freemuth might have won the job. Tyler Conklin's last three games were pretty good. Got some decent opportunity. Five catches on seven targets each of the last two games. Um, and, you know, there, there, isn't, there hasn't been like an injury or something that, that's forcing him into that role. So he could potentially, you know, be your guy, um, you know, low end tight end one, you know, high end tight end two for the rest of the season. Um, now he gets to face the Chargers who have given up the six most receiving yards to tight ends this year. And then Hunter Henry, you know, definition of touchdown dependent. He's got it done catching a touchdown in five of his last six games. Few quarterback streams this week. 
Trevor Lawrence at Indy, Tua at home against Baltimore if he's ready to play with that finger injury. Mac Jones at home against Cleveland. Um, Taysom Hill, you know, who knows if he's actual streamed this week, but there is a possibility that he's named the starter um, going into Tennessee. And then you have Taylor Heineke against Tampa Bay. He's up and down, but good matchup. Defensive streams, uh, Cleveland at New England, Denver at home against Philly, Carolina at Arizona, and Las Vegas at home against Kansas City. The last one, yeah, crazy. Um, That's it. That's all I got for you guys. Um, I'm overcoming. And guess what? I think I got my internet back. Yeah, I think I do. Awesome. I'm uploading this right now. I'll see you guys soon. Hope Hope you guys get who you want on your waivers. Have a wonderful week. See you guys later.